Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Well, good morning. It's so good to be with you. I'm Heather Kamura, and I'm one of the pastors here. Right now, we are in the fourth week of Advent in a series called A Season of Light. And as we said, Advent is a Latin, a Latin word that means the coming or the arrival. In the church, it's a season of preparation as we celebrate the arrival of Jesus. And not just in the manger a long time ago, but for when he comes again. For now, we live in that in-between place of these two advents, the first and the second arrival of Jesus, and what we in the vineyard have coined as the already and the not yet. But I think it's important to note that Advent isn't just waiting for a one-day, someday event. It's a present reality. Christmas is a time to recognize the nearness of Christ in the very place that feels desolate, in the very place that feels confusing and and beyond hope. We wait and we ask for him to come into the present reality of brokenness in our lives. It's easy, I know, to want to avoid it, and I know it's easy to want to stuff it or just distract ourselves with the merriment of the season, but the invitation of Advent is to again to ask Jesus to meet us in the tension of the not-yets of life, to be Emmanuel with us. So far in this series, we've looked at the candle of hope faith, and joy. And today, we're looking at the candle of peace, which is known as the angel's candle. Commonly in Advent, when you light a candle, it symbolizes Jesus as the light of the world coming into the darkness. We light these candles as a reminder that Jesus is the light that can dispel despair that can dispel doubt and and anger and fear and anxiety and turmoil. He is the light that has the power to scatter the darkness. I really believe that we need this message today. I mean, I know my soul needs the reminder because if there's ever been a time for peace, it's after a year like this one, right? Whether COVID-19 or the political divide or the strain of everyday disconnection and isolation, what we have endured in this last year has affected and impacted every person, every family, and every structure. The fragmentation of our world and of our souls have been deeply felt this last year. And while we know, you know, that 2021 won't cure uh, all that ache in us, I think that it's fair to say that when that clock strikes midnight on December 31st, we are all going to be hoping for a better year filled with more peace, right? Well, let's go ahead and pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be with us, whether you're in your living room today or you're here with us, let's just go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit.
Well, Lord, we, we do, we ask for you to come. Holy Spirit, come. Mm. Would you fill the rooms that we are in right now? Mm. God, I pray that you would make yourself known to every person. Lord, that there would be a sense of refreshment in, that, in your presence. God, would you allow your peace to guard our hearts and minds as we look at your truth today. Lord, we give you this time and, and we praise you. We give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we look at this passage today, you'll notice that it's slightly familiar. Jay actually read this passage last week when he looked at the shepherds. And, and this week, I wanna turn our attention to two things at this beautiful high point in the Christmas story here in Luke 2. You know, the angel is here as well as this wonderful announcement of peace. And that's what I want to look at today in verses 8 through 14. So let's go ahead and read that. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious to say, but, but during this holiday season, angels seem to be everywhere we turn. We can be, they can be found in music and they can be found in the television shows that we watch and, and all kinds of decorations, right? The definition for angel in the dictionary is actually a divine winged messenger. But there's so much more than just God's personal postal service. <laughs> Angels have been protectors that have commanded reverence and awe and have guided and, and they've warned and directed humanity with compassion and understanding. You know, perhaps that's why we call a person who's done something really wonderful an angel. <laughs> you know, angels are mentioned throughout the whole Bible. But the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 1 and 2 alone, we see angels have a special prominence. And in each of these cases, the biblical writers give us a sense that the angels were not just announcing this really incredible news— but that they were carefully watching over and protecting each participant in this great drama. The importance of angels can be seen in actually the detail that is given about their interactions. I mean, think about it. The Bible does not actually go into any kind of detail about, you know, what the shepherds said to Mary and, and Joseph or what the wise men said to them. None of their conversations are recorded. Um, it doesn't even elaborate about the manger scene or even the date in which Jesus was born. But in both accounts in the New Testament, accounts of his birth, multiple verses are dedicated to what the angels said and how they appeared. 
It was the angels who explained what was happening to Zechariah and to Joseph and to Mary and to the shepherds. And I mean, how would they have known what to do or where to go if these heavenly beings had not served as their guides? But most importantly, without them, there would never have been anyone to herald the coming of Christ to earth the inbreaking of peace into the chaos. What the angel came to announce though, well, that was, that shook the earth. That shook the earth, the very framework, our, 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 our understanding of reality shifted that night. And I want to look at just three parts of this beautiful announcement here, the command, the arrival, and the blessing. Because it's here that we begin to understand and have a real picture of what peace is. Now, what's interesting right away in this passage that we looked at today was the very first part of this announcement is actually a command. And it is repeated over and over again in Luke 1 and 2. Actually, every major character in the entire Christmas story every one of them was told the exact same thing by an angel. They were all told what? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And why do you think this is? Now, now sure, I mean, we might as well say, maybe our picture of what an angel actually is, isn't as accurate as maybe we thought. Maybe they're a little more terrifying or, or scary looking than we give them credit for. But beyond that, something was going on that first Christmas that meant good news to people who were afraid. You know, see, oftentimes I think we romanticize that first Christmas so much that it loses some of its power. It was not unlike today. The first Christmas didn't come to this safe little world by no means whatsoever. The reason that Mary and Joseph are even in Bethlehem in the first place is because the head of the government at the time, who was Caesar, was taxing the entire world in order to feed his army that, was, that were oppressing the Israelites, which were Mary and Joseph's people. Hardship followed them and, and followed Jesus wherever they went. You know, the world is just as scary as it was back then. And I'd say even more so to some degree because I have seen and, and witnessed just this uh, degree of fear just, just, just scream off the charts this year. I think we've all seen how fear has creeped in this year. And I know that fear is, you know, sometimes really healthy. It can be a natural response, right? A burst of mental acuity and physical energy to a specific threat. It's helpful and sometimes very constructive. It can be like a good old thunderstorm that rolls in with all that rain and all that thunder and then it clears and we're left with everything green again. But there is a fear that is much more like a pervasive anxiety, like a constant cold drizzle all the time, (laughs) like 35 degrees and rainy, pretty much Ohio, right? (laughs) There is no specific reason it's there, it's generalized, it debilitates you, it paralyzes you, 
How many of us have been abiding in that state of anxiety this last year? Our nervous system is actually not built to withstand that kind of stress. Your fight or flight uh, simulations in your mind and your brain are constantly going off and, and you're in this perpetual state of agitation. But what is it that causes that fear? Usually what it is, and what I've seen in myself as well, is that it's, it's a threat to something you've put your real security in. And I'll say that again. It's, it's usually because there's a threat to something we've put our real security in. It's a threat to something that you've made that has made you feel like you're actually in control. <laughs> it's a threat to your sense of self, to your identity. It's something that could be taken away. And, and I know you've heard this story from me before, but this was me, especially at the beginning of this year. This has been one of those years where the Lord has revealed to me how much of my identity has been based in who I think I am. And I've joked with my friends, especially at the beginning of the year, and said, you know, I used to think I was a really strong person, uh, very capable, very go with the flow kind of type. And yet, you take away my sleep, you give me uh, tons of hormones from just having a baby, postpartum anxiety, a little one who's been sick off and on, and I am an absolute wreck. I have no strength at all. The, the bottom just went out on my life. And I, I, you know, I test this. My husband says this too. He's never seen me like that before. And, and I've never seen me like that before. And it scared me. It scared me. I, I think there's a lot of things in our lives that, that scare us, right? Whether it's maybe it's your job. I mean, your job, is the fear of your job being lost within all these businesses closing and, and issues with, with staffing. Or, or maybe for you, it's relationships. I mean, think about it. How sad is it that divorce has skyrocketed since all these stay-at-home orders have started? Ah, maybe for you, it's, it's your health. It's your health or, or the health of loved ones. I think it's that it's when it's that constant fear that hangs over every decision and every moment of your day that it becomes unhealthy, right? It, it's not just that, that wisdom of navigating this craziness, but it's a fear that clouds and shadows the entirety of your day. Maybe for you, you're afraid of just the future in general, the unknown and all the change that has happened in this last year has just gotten your stomach in knots. You know, Jesus, he says just exactly what the angels said in this passage. He says it later in his ministry in John 14, 27. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And if he had any reason to be afraid, I mean, he had trouble following him all his life, and yet he still speaks this command into our lives. He says, do not fear. And it's not just a nice little suggestion, is it? It's a command. And it's a command that's actually, it's, it's repeated over and over in the scriptures, actually 365 times, which is one for every day, because we need it, Right? But how do we do that? How do we live like that? Well, there is this 
really there's this, this high level, there's these two ways, and I'd say they're high level ways of dealing with our fear. And one is pretty obvious. The first way is to have our situation change, just miraculously change. You know, whatever's scaring me is gone. Just make it go away. <laughs> make it go away. Take me to a safe place and change my circumstances, right? Well, then there you go. There's some peace. But, but the peace of God is so much more than the absence of something. It's so much more than the absence of something. It is the presence of someone. It's the presence of someone. The other way that we deal with our fear is that, we're, that we are helped by a power that is stronger than the danger. We're helped by a power that is stronger than the danger. Have you ever walked around a city uh, or maybe just somewhere unsafe? Have you ever walked around somewhere unsafe where you feel on guard and you're suspicious and cautious and you're focused? I mean, all your energy is spent just kind of safeguarding yourself and navigating the terrain. Um, I know I was like that when I traveled overseas and would visit large cities, maybe especially as a girl. But when I'd walk around these big cities in college, um, I was always on edge. I was really cautious, very aware of my surroundings, very careful. But when I actually got married, I started traveling with my husband, Adam, to some of these exact same cities. And I remember seeing things in those cities I had never seen before. And I thought, well, this is so weird. I mean, I, I have already been here, but how did I not see this? And I think because of the weight had lifted. I mean, as I walked with him through those exact same streets, nothing had changed except for the one who I was walking with. This is what Christmas is about. The announcement the angel proclaimed was not, I have really good news for you. God's going to transport you to a really safe world where there's no COVID. <laughs> I wish that was true. And I know we wish that was true. But what, he, what, they, what this angel says is the message here is that Jesus has arrived. He's come into the mess. He's come into the chaos. He's come into this world. He's come into this world. And that means we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to be afraid. In John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. And in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, take heart, because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus is way bigger than any danger you face. Way bigger. And we need to realize and remember our need for him, our need for him. Lastly, the angel here leaves the scene with this parting blessing. And I wanna kind of close with, with this point here. Luke two fourteen: glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. This is actually a fulfillment of what was prophesied in Isaiah 9, six through seven. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. How beautiful is that? Well, what is this peace? You know, when we look at the Hebrew word for peace, it's shalom. And it might be a word that you've heard before. It means completeness, harmony, well-being, an absence of strife. Literally, it means no gaps or no cracks. I love that. And in the Greek, the word is erene, both defined as an absence of conflict, but also present completeness. It's justice, it's wholeness, an order that brings about harmony and security and well-being. How beautiful is that? Jesus came to bring this world true peace, true shalom. And not just in the way that we first think of it. Peace is, it's not just a feeling. It's actually a status of our relationship with God. Think about it. When you change your status on Facebook, it says in a relationship. Well, that's our status now that Jesus is here. We can have peace with God, with God. And really, we can't have the peace of God until we have that peace with God. That's so important. You know, Thomas Merton says, we are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. And we are not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. If we're going to have true peace, then we need to get to the root of what is actually fractured. We need to get to the root of that gap, that crack. Where's that division at? And try as we might, (laughs) meditate as we might, we can't make peace happen on our own. We can't. Though a New York A Times article actually said this, the meaning of Christmas is that love will triumph and that we will be able to put together a world of unity and peace. In other words, we have the light within us so that we are the ones that can dispel the darkness in the world. We can overcome poverty. We can overcome justice and racism and violence and evil. If we work together, we can create a world of unity and peace. Why is that not our reality? If that's true, it would have already happened. And boy, has it not. It's just not true, is it? It's never really worked, and boy, it never has lasted. C.S. Lewis actually says, he says, God cannot give us peace apart from himself because it's just not there. (laughs) There is no such thing apart from God. Ephesians 2, 13 through 14 digs a little deeper. It says, but now in Jesus Christ, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. What the angels are getting at here in this announcement is that peace first needs to be between us and God, which would, be, which would be vertical. And then it's horizontal. Then it's peace within us and peace with others. Sin is the reason why we live these fractured, broken lives. And it's why our relationship with God 
was, was separated and fractured. And that's why we have friction between us and, and other people and within ourselves as well. But I love, I love how actually the Christmas carol, Hark, the Herald Angels Sing, written by Charles Wesley, says it. In the very first line, it says, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And there it is. What is this peace on earth? It is mercy mild. It is God and sinners at war, now at peace reconciled. And that peace is what Jesus brought and what he brings today. In Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and through whom we've gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Jesus came to bring us this shalom, this peace, to heal the rift between us and God that we would be united with him once again through our Prince of Peace, Jesus, and ultimately his work on the cross. Jesus restores this broken relationship between humans and their creator. He is our shalom. And through him, we can have peace within and peace with one another. And this is such a message of hope to all of us. So how can we practically have peace in this broken world? I think the first thing is to do exactly what Jesus says in Matthew. He says, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What's beautiful about Jesus and the way that he, he distributes peace is it's never by force. It is always invitational. Come to me. Come to me. Peace comes in relationship with God. God's peace is, is not just this, it's not a reward for just doing the right thing. It's not at all. Peace is when you're with him. It's just when you're with him. And the question is for us today, are we moving toward Christ or are we moving away from Christ? I was reminded of the story of Mary and Martha as I was thinking about this passage today. And if you look at what it says um, when, when Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious about many things. Sometimes it says you are troubled by many things. That, that word there actually means divided. It means distracted. And isn't that who we are today? We're divided, we're distracted. And Jesus says, look at, look at Mary. She's chosen the right thing. She's chosen me to sit at my feet with me. And I think that's God's invitation for us today. If we are so longing for peace, the place that we need to meet Jesus is at his feet, is at his feet. I think even in this weird Christmas season, that's the invitation for us, is to sit at his feet and make those exchanges with Jesus. Lord Jesus, here's my fear. I want to name it. It's, it's fear. It's anxiety. And I give it to you. 
I give it to you. And in its place, Lord Jesus, I, I ask you would bring your peace, your abiding peace. He says, turn to me. Look at me face to face. Look at me. Because in my face is a face of peace. The rescuer is here. The rescuer is here. This is what Advent is about. He is here. And for us, the invitation is, will we place our lives back into his hands? Will we relinquish that control? And will we walk back toward Jesus and receive his peace? Well, we're going to um, take a moment and, and have ministry time now, even though we're online. But first, before we do that, I want to go ahead and light our candles for Advent. And remember, these, this candle today, it, it symbolizes peace. So if you're up for it, I want you, uh, wherever you are, to go ahead and just pause the video for a second. And I want you to find a candle somewhere in your house. I don't care what it smells like, what it looks like, just find a candle in your house. And maybe for you, you actually, you actually have an Advent wreath like this uh, in your house. Go ahead and grab it and dim the lights and go ahead and light the candles for today. And once you've lit them, go ahead and bring that back and, and we'll, we'll pray this prayer together. God of peace, your son Jesus is your greatest gift to us. He is a sign of your peace. Would you help us walk in that truth during the weeks of Advent? And as we wait and prepare for his coming, we pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Savior, that you would bring us your peace. Well, here at VCDC, we always like to end our services with a time of response. And as I was praying about today's service, I felt like the Lord highlighted a few things that I want to share with you. And if this at all applies to you, maybe it's the Lord trying to get your attention. Maybe he's trying to say something to you today. And I would just say, take that and just bring it before the Lord and say, God, are you saying anything to me today? Is this something that you want me to respond to? And maybe it was something that was already said in the message. But, but one of the things the Lord highlighted was that it's a lot of times the reason why we don't have peace is because we've held on to shame. And he, he just brought that word to mind as I was uh, preparing for today. And, and an old picture came back to mind, which I always know as the Lord because I have a horrible memory. But he brought back a picture of, of a picture that he had given me a long time ago. And it was one of, um, I was standing on a balcony and, and I saw Jesus at a distance. And I was, it was almost like I was uh, Juliet and I was just waxing poetic and saying, Jesus, I love you and you're just so great. And, and, and I want you in my life. But then all of a sudden he started to actually walk toward me. And I got really nervous. I thought, oh my goodness, he's going to try to climb up here, isn't he? And he did. He climbed up the vine and he climbed up into the balcony and he wanted to be with me. And I got really nervous. And all of a sudden I realized that my chin, strangely enough in this vision, was chained to the floor. And I couldn't look at him. I couldn't look at him in the face. And I realized it was shame. 
there were things in my life that, that if I was honest, I hadn't accepted God's forgiveness for. And there were things that, that, that made me just really hesitant to look into the eyes of my, my friend and my Savior, Jesus. And, and I know for some of you, maybe, maybe that shame has, has really caused you to not come into the presence of God. But I would so encourage you that Jesus wants to sit with you and he wants to look at you and he wants to speak to you the things that you most need right now. And, and I would just pray, Lord Jesus, that shame would be gone right now in the name of Jesus. That would be broken over you right now. That God would bring his forgiveness, lasting forgiveness over your life. That you would be able to stand up and look at him eye to eye again. God, we pray freedom for, for those that, that struggle with shame and that has, has just caused a, a rift in their relationship with you. And, and the, other, the other picture was the one of Mary and Martha that I talked about earlier. And it was, it was vivid. I felt like there were a lot of people here that have felt distracted, that have felt divided in their attentions. And they have good intentions, and we all have good intentions when it comes to Jesus. But, but if we're honest, we haven't sat in his presence in a really long time. And, and for those of you that have this ache and longing for peace, real God-given peace, I would invite you to not just say one day, but right now, right now, just, just stop the video. <laughs> right now, just sit in the presence of your heavenly father at his feet and make exchanges with him. I really believe that he is going to meet you where you are today. Well, we want to bless you, and we want to just pray a closing prayer. Um, but thank you for joining us today. Lord Jesus, I do. I just pray a blessing over everyone that has joined us today. And Lord God, I pray that your peace would be tangible. Lord, a tangible reality for all of us. God, that it would just surpass understanding. It would surpass our circumstances that you would meet us with your presence and your peace today. Lord God, let there be a change and a shift in our lives because your kingdom is coming near. We give you this time in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.